Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. We're going to go ahead and, and start Jarrett uh, the last couple games of the season here. None of us is happy with where we're at, but we think it's a, an opportunity to, you know, evaluate a younger player who hasn't had much time to play. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a, uh, we'll call this a semi-emergency pod edition of the State of the Nation. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, Ted Wynn. We moved up our recording by a day because the news broke Wednesday morning that we spent a lot of our post-game show on Monday talking about the possibility and whether or not, you know, I think we thought it would happen, and, and it did happen. Uh, the Raiders have benched Derek Carr. Jarrett Stidham will be the starting quarterback for the final two games. Chase Garbers will be elevated from the practice squad and serve as a backup. Derek Carr will be inactive. Saturday night, Christmas Eve, very likely Derek Carr's final game as the Raider, very likely the final time he puts on that Raiders uniform on game day. There'll be a lot of talk about just his whole career and his legacy, but it's certainly a move that I don't think comes as a shock when we talk about the financial ramifications, Uh, you know, over $40 million that the Raiders would have been uh, committed to if he had gotten hurt over these final two games. Because of that, it's really, it's a smart move that they probably had to make as tough as it is to go tell your quarterback of of nine years that, sorry, you're done. You're not finishing out the season. That's the move they did make and, and probably the move they had to make. I think it makes sense in the sense that um, nothing he could have shown in the last two games that they hadn't already seen the first 15 games. I think it was going to change their minds. They made their mind up on what they want to do probably going forward. If you don't want to say that they decide they want to move on, they're not sure they want to keep him, so they can't risk being the hook for $40 million if you're not positive he's your guy. But I do think it definitely leans towards uh, he is done. And I think they'll probably sit down and talk about a trade trade options at the end of the year. I think uh, he has a no-trade clause, so I'm sure teams will want Derek Carr. Yeah, that is the end, I think, the end of a nine-year stretch, a nine-year uh, era. I think um, probably the most polarizing figure in, in Raiders history. I mean, people either loved him or fans as far as fans loved him or hated him. I think that was kind of bizarre just based on how much he showed that he cared for the organization, how much he wanted to be here and, and try and win. So but a lot of fans didn't, didn't like him. I think they blame him for a lot of the problems uh, the last nine years. But, um, yeah, I think it's um, – Kind of a sad day, kind of a, you know, nine years is a, is a long time. I think as McDaniel said today, I mean, this this season ending up the way it was is bigger than just Derek Carr. Um, the coaching staff on both sides of the ball, the play calling has been suspect. Um, the defense is terrible. The offensive line can't pass protect. 
But, you know, Derek Carr also just hasn't played well this season. He's taken a step back from the level that he showed last season, which I think was probably the best football of his career. You would expect the opposite of that, you know, getting Devontae Adams, obviously, you know, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro getting hurt contributed, you know, to them not having quite the offensive cast that they expected for most of the season. But you still would, would have a higher bar for a quarterback of his caliber, at least, you know, the caliber he had shown himself to be to this point. And uh, we all knew that, you know, obviously this current regime, they didn't draft Derek Carr. He, he was never their guy. When he signed that contract, I mean, it was a almost a pseudo extension because it was really just committing to him for this season. And after this season, all bets were off. And so we, we all kind of knew this was a trial run. Clearly, um, it, it was a failure. Didn't go the way any of them expected. And while the, the reasons for that are multiple, quarterback was one of them. And, you know, this steers them towards making a change at that position. He was always a fringe top 10 type of quarterback for most of his career. And unfortunately, things just fell the way they failed this season. And it was really tough for a quarterback of his caliber to kind of carry this team on his back. I don't think he is that type. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks that can kind of elevate this this team and this offensive line. But unfortunately, you know, he's going to be the one who takes the blame for it. And, and um, like you guys said, I mean, that contract is going to be too expensive to risk next year. And what's the timing like for how soon the Raiders have to make a decision on Carr? Well, in terms of releasing him, the, his so his contract, the, the 40 million over the next two years it's a 32.9 base salary in 2023 and then seven and a half million of his 2024 salary those become guaranteed on february 15th so if they want to cut him they've got to do it before then now the terms of a trade they can't make a trade with him until the start of the new league year but i would think you know they would want to have those conversations kind of lined up to where they know that somebody is going to want to trade for him and, and take on that contract um, and take on those guarantees and whatnot before that February 15th comes up. So that way they can kind of, you know, you don't want to have like a situation, you know, where the 49ers were with Jimmy Garoppolo, where you think you're going to trade a guy and then you go through the whole off season and you're not able to, to cut him um, and, and not have those guarantees. It'd be before February 15th. That's three days after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you can frame it in terms of like um, that you're, you're kind of preserving him and, and not make sure he's not injured. So therefore, you can trade him. Like teams can can feel rest assured that he is healthy and ready to go, and that'll be easier to have a, a deal kind of get worked out. I think. Um, and you know, Ted mentioned how it's all, and we talked about this on Monday. He's always been kind of the same level, like ten to fifteen in the league, but you know the price has, has gone up. So it's just. Um, uh, they brought him in Dante Adams to kind of try to get the offense to be a top five offense, and it wasn't. So you, usually when a team underachieves, it falls on the coach or the quarterback. And it wasn't going to fall on the coach because it was his first year with the, his buddy as a GM, so it's not going to fall on him, even though you know, I think both uh, have some blame in this. But, um, yeah, I think the scapegoat's a, a word we always use, but I think you know, didn't play very well. But, yeah, he is taking probably more of the blame than he should. Yeah, he's an easy target because he was already, before the season, like, like you said, he's, he was already polarizing. Like fans either loved or hated him, and, and it swung very wildly in either direction based on his play basically from game to game. Not season to season, but game to game. And so him having a bad season along with the Raiders, because like I said, the Raiders were this the same record, but he was like still in that range of being a 12 to 15 guy. It'd be a lot harder to kind of shit on Derek Carr and, and, and you know, prop him up as a scapegoat and, and you know, blame him for the, for the outcome. But given he's he's leading the league in interceptions right now, he's 
30th, I believe, in completion percentage. Um, he has the yards, but the efficiency just hasn't been there. It's almost a layup to to kind of place him up as a scapegoat for this season. And really, I mean, who else, like like you said, was going to be the option? Like, they're not firing Josh McDaniels in year one. Even if they wanted to, they probably couldn't for reasons that we talked about. Um, not going to fire the GM, Dave Ziegler. And so, I mean, firing a defensive coordinator wouldn't really move the needle from that standpoint. And so it pretty much had to be Carr if this season went off the rails. And that's part of why his contract is structured that way, because it just makes it easy for them to move on, whether that's – and, people, you know, the discussion from here is going to be, you know, what's next. I mean, whether that's a trade or the doomsday option, I guess, of cutting him or him retiring or whatever it may be. Like, whatever happens, they're not going to be on the hook for anything, really, for him after this season. And, and that was – a lot of the, the reason behind building the contract that way. I think the whole retirement thing, it's interesting. I mean, he's said and hinted at that, that, that he would retire rather than play for another organization. And and that's, I, I don't know how much I've ever believed that. I mean, those are, those are things you say. And then when, you know, there, there's an opportunity to earn $30 million a year by going somewhere else, um, you have different considerations, but if there's any thought from him that he might actually do that I think that's where there is some possibility that it it could end up with them cutting him rather than trading him just because you're going to need to before February 15th rolls around you're going to need to know that you can get him to agree to a trade to waive his no trade clause and you know somebody's going to be be trading for him and so if February 15th rolls around and you don't feel confident that you're going to find a team to trade him to that he's going to waive the clause to I mean, you might just have to cut him and then, you know, he's a free agent and and his free agency would be very, very interesting. You know, you don't see players of his caliber at his age at quarterback usually uh, available on the open market. Yeah, I think he'll definitely have he'll have options. I think um, the retirement thing um, is interesting because um, he is unique in that he very few players uh, have a plan after they retire. Like very few players know what they're going to do or they're, you know, with their money set up. Uh, his money is well set up. He's not going to ever hurt for money ever again. He clearly wants to be a pastor. He's done it uh, previous off seasons and uh, from you know, so and I'll play golf like he said all the time. So he has his his plan set up for after retirement, which might make it easier. But I don't know. But I think it all comes down to his competitiveness. Will he want to prove the Raiders made a mistake? And like you said, he'll have the option of deciding where he wants to play. I mean, the no trade clause gives him some some power in this, and he can definitely decide: Do I want to play in Indianapolis or you know in New Orleans, or do I want to walk away? He'll have a clear cut option, I think, to uh, and that's uh, that's good for him. You know, if I'm him too, the way I almost use that new no trade clause is, I say no, I'm not going to accept a trade anywhere, and that way, like you cut me. And I go sign with that team that I would that I would actually accept a, a trade to. But uh, now I can go, just go sign with them. They don't have to give up any assets. And uh, and that team that I'm going to is better. Yeah, that's the thing about the car retirement. Another reason why I don't buy it is like his contract already is, you know, great. But like if car hits the open market, he's probably going to get more, I, w- I would imagine. Or if he took like a shorter term deal, let's say he took a one year or two year deal or something like that um, to, to maximize maybe like the Kirk Cousins type type of a deal. Quarterbacks like Derek Carr don't really hit free agency like that doesn't really happen ever and like the time it did happen we saw Kirk Cousins get three years 84 million dollars guarantee a few years ago you know and so I think for him like it's really a win-win um you know whether you get traded to its destination that you obviously want to go to if you waive your no trade clause or if you hit free agency like there's always going to be quarterback desperate teams um that'll, that'll throw around the bag for um a top 15 quarterback which I still think I would consider him to be and so 
I mean, I don't, I don't really see a situation. Well, obviously he's going to be sad about, you know, not being a Raiders quarterback anymore, but from a financial standpoint, I don't really see how he loses in this, this equation. Yeah. And if he signs elsewhere, he's probably signing with somebody who can afford to give him more than a $7.5 million signing bonus. So he can, he can, he can get that, uh, that, that upfront cash. I do wonder though if this will hurt. I mean, I think this has to hurt his trade value a little bit, or whatever he can get in the market, because this team, which had you for nine years, you were a team captain, they kind of brought in Devontae Adams for you to play with, has pretty much said, you know what, you're, you're not the guy. So I think it's got to like, it's got to matter to teams who are looking at quarterbacks. Like, well, what happened? I mean, what are we not seeing? Obviously, there's something there that we're, he's not the guy. But maybe maybe we thought he was. Yeah, and if we want to put all the blame on all, all the different you know coordinators and coaches and play callers that he's had, I mean, obviously wherever he goes, he's going to play for a, a new coordinator, a new a new play caller. So I mean, it, it's going to be learning a new system. I think pretty much wherever he goes. I mean, what the the only coordinator he's played for that uh, goes to Tennessee and plays for Todd Downing again or something, you know, and then they're not running the system that they ran um, that he ran with the Raiders. So. Plus, that was his worst year besides this one and his rookie year, so that's not really a place you want to go. I mean, obviously, for our perspective, um, what happens next for the Raiders is the bigger thing. And, you know, I know, I think a lot of the hesitancy, you know, has always been in terms of, you know, if you move on from Derek Carr, well, well, what if you get worse? And I think one thing we have seen around the NFL, it's kind of become the talking point around, one of the talking points around the quarterback position is that, you know, finding that kind of that that average competent quarterback play seems to be yep you're able to find that and we know that the wilderness that the Raiders wandered in at quarterback before Derek Carr and it was bad but it seems like nowadays it's a lot easier to find kind of that baseline competent quarterback play but it's all about you know finding the guy that can truly elevate you and Raiders for nine years have not had that guy that you know really outside of a, a blip maybe in 2016 that's been able to elevate them to me, that's where I've come down on it. Like, I don't have as big of a fear of them not being able to find, like, competent quarterback play. It's just a matter of, like, can you can you finally find a guy that can really be elite at the position? Yeah, that's the car conundrum because, like, he is competency. He's, like, almost the definition of it. And you don't move on from competency just to go get more competency. Like, it doesn't really do anything for you. Like, I guess, you know, Jimmy G has more knowledge of the system or whatever, but like he's still Jimmy G. Right. And so if, if you're going to move on from Carr, there has to be something that has some upside, like some kind of trajectory that is higher than him and really or, or cheaper like the only or cheaper. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if you're going to get cheap. if you're going to get this level of quarterback play, don't pay that much for it. Right. And like I know he, he got hurt. And so that's probably going to change things a bit. But the way Jimmy G was playing, like how much cheaper is he going to be? He's probably going to still demand like 20, 25 million dollars a year. You know, if you give Jimmy G a two-year, $50 million deal, like, is that really, like, is that $10 million savings really, like, shifting everything for you from a team-building process? Like, I don't really think so. And so I think if they get somebody like that or Jacoby Brissett or, you know, whoever the other average-tier quarterback you want to throw in there, like, I, I feel like you have to draft somebody with a guy like that to have some sort of, because they're not going to be bad enough, probably, if they, you know, have that extra space and fill out their roster to go draft somebody in, let's say, 2024 when those prospects are up. And so I think if you get one of those kind of average trip quarterbacks, whether that's through free agency or trade or whatever it may be, then you have to draft somebody that has, you know, sort of that 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 upside to maybe be something bigger and better down the line. Otherwise, you're kind of just running in place in the, the way I view it. You have to draft a guy unless you get Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I think this pretty much locks him into drafting a guy. And, you know, maybe part of this decision to go with a young quarterback is to make sure that draft pick stays in the top 10. 
Yeah, I think part of this decision was that um, they have so many holes in their roster. Can you really afford to spend $33 million on a quarterback when you have that many holes in your roster? Maybe it's not, you know, so I think it will be a combination of, of a draft pick and a veteran guy. Unless, you know, they probably pick, pick ninth in the draft. If they fall in love with a guy like Richardson, maybe I could see him being the quarterback that high. But otherwise, probably get a quarterback a little later in the draft, get a veteran guy. And, um, Think about Jimmy G, which makes him, I guess, interesting is that I guess he would be, I think, a little bit cheaper than Derek Carr would be. And plus, clearly they would feel he's a better fit based on his knowledge of the system and his history with McDaniels and Ziegler. So I think that would be why I guess he'd be an interesting candidate. But, um, yeah, I think they're definitely going to try and get a, you know, a placeholder and a young guy for the future because I think you have to show Mark Davis that we have, a, we are, like they always say, we're building for the future. This is our plan and this is our guy. We, you know, we... Um, we tried with Derek Carr, and, but didn't work out, and so and this is our guy going forward. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. If you want the cheaper option, that that's going with a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, I think had his moments who he looked you know, fairly good in, in Cleveland, and you could give him probably something similar to, uh, you know, that Marcus Mariota contract where it's like, you know, it's it's that kind of starter money. Um, you would probably be more than Mariota, but it's that kind of starter money, but, you know, we're not fully committed to you. But, you know, one possibility I'll, I'll float out there that we have not discussed is, so the Raiders, I, I, let's say they lose these last two games, which they probably will, and, and maybe they're picking, you know, round six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. Right now, the Chicago Bears are lined up to be, have the number two pick, and, you know, they could even go all the way up to number one. The Bears have their quarterback. They have Justin Fields. 
if you have, let's say, the seventh or eighth pick, you know, what's the cost to move from seven, eight, whatever it is, nine, up to two? You know, is it given up? Obviously, you'd give up that pick, probably a future one, and maybe something else. If you really like one of those top two quarterbacks in the draft, is that something you have to consider? You know, making that big jump up and saying this is this is a guy we love. Let's uh, let's jump up to the top of this year's draft. Yeah, I mean, and it, it depends. You say how the order plays out because I think Bryce Young is probably the one that's like he's a lock to be top three, top five ish. I think teams are more so kind of in in between on C.J. Stroud and with some of the defensive players at the top of this board, maybe he falls to like four or five or six and you don't really have to make a drastic leap up to one or two to go get a guy like that if they do view him you know in that vein of being a franchise quarterback type and so it may not be that crazy of a jump and so it kind of depends you know how the draft board plays out and you know what happens once once it begins but uh, I I wouldn't rule that out I mean I I think both and we've written about it I think both of those guys are of that ilk to potentially turn into franchise quarterbacks in the right situations. And it's always tough for a rookie quarterback, really, in, in, in any situation, usually. But, I mean, the Raiders, they have a ton of talent on offense. We've, we've gone over it all season. Um, if they can improve the offensive line, like, it doesn't really get that much better uh, for a rookie quarterback, a situation for them to step into and, and have some success right away. And so I, I don't think it would be the the fear of, you know, maybe taking a, a big step back at quarterback um, in year one that you would have typically with a with a rookie quarterback, because usually they go to terrible teams, right? And so they're not surrounded by Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, maybe. And so I, I think that's something that, that they would have to consider, um, whether they have the resources to do it or want to burn those resources after basically having no picks last year. Like, maybe not, but um, you, you would have to think it's just at least one of the options. Yeah, because, I mean, in theory, I mean, you, you need to improve this offseason. Like, you, you're hoping that this is the last time that you're picking in the top 10. If you feel like that's the way to go and get your your franchise quarterback is by getting somebody really high up in the draft. I mean, you would think this would be the best opportunity to to do that without having to move up, you know, 15 spots, 20 spots or whatever. Yeah, I think that should be in consideration. It's like you, you never know how I mean, this quarterback class is looked at as like uh, one of the, the better quarterback classes in a long time before the season, you know, before the season. And then as the season has gone along. It's kind of lost some of its shine. I mean, I still think three, four guys will probably get drafted in the first round, but I personally don't think we're going to see three guys drafted in the top 10. Um, I think we'll see them get drafted throughout the first round, but who knows how their stock is going to go up and down um, as we get closer to the draft. I mean, I haven't taken a super close look at these guys, but just based on what I've seen so far especially with how some of these guys have fell off of stats wise like Stroud and uh, Will Levis um, and even Bryce Young is getting knocked for his size I mean he'll be the smallest quarterback uh, by far in NFL once he gets drafted so we'll see what happens but I mean if you do fall in love with the guy I I, I do think having to move up to a number two position is definitely an option you got to look at. Theoretically if they do trade Derek Carr if they're able to find a partner that he wants to go to and get some some sort of capital which i don't know like i would think he could get a first round pick but maybe it's some se- a second round pick and some other stuff but like you could use that capital you know turn it around and use it to move up the board where you're basically kind of one-to-one swapping out car for whoever that quarterback you trade up to get would be and maybe 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 it's hooker maybe it's a guy and you know, we, we talked about him before the guy from tennessee maybe he's a guy you can pair with a veteran guy as far as a guy who might be ready to, to, to jump in you know the following season yeah if they stay put like I feel like at where are they at eight right now like I, I feel like 
Bryce Young and Stroud are probably both going to be gone. Like maybe they are a team that loves Will Levis or something like that, or, or go super high on Anthony Richardson. But I feel like if they don't move up, it would probably be more prudent to to wait until the second round to try to get a guy to develop over time and pair that with a veteran more so than reach on a guy, considering they have so many other needs, as we've talked about, you know, whether they keep car or not, like the defense is like they, they need so much help. And there's going to be some 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 dudes there um, in that range where they're picking at on defense that you would think it would make more sense to, to do that and then wait until the later rounds to maybe get a developmental quarterback. The second round guys rarely work out, though. Maybe. Well, they yeah, had no, one for, exactly. for nine years. That was, <laughs> that was pretty good. I don't know, man. Hey, I mean, they're, they're sitting him right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's he's a, a second round success story, and, and we see where, where that's gotten them. I mean, let's talk about the you know, kind of immediate term impact of this. I mean, what do we expect? Uh, you know, I know they'll be practicing. I think they're on the practice field now. Maybe um, Derek Carr was scheduled on the uh, on the media schedule to talk later today. Um, you know, whether or not that actually happens, but Devontae Adams scheduled to talk. Yeah, you know, we'll see what the players' reaction is. But what do we expect their reaction to be? I, I mean, it's Vic. You brought up the point that the reason on Monday that you didn't think they would do this was just because there's there's so much respect in that locker room for him, and they know that. This probably means that these last two games are gonna could could look ugly, and I don't think they probably care um, at this point. We we've talked for a while that losing these last couple games is, is in their best interest. But uh, what do we expect the reaction to be like uh, f- from the Raiders as they get ready to take on Josh McDaniels called the Niners? Uh, you know, maybe the best team they've they've uh, gotten ready to face. I have to say all the right things, but I think definitely they'll be sad. I think definitely Derek has some some hold in that locker room, especially with the veteran guys like you know Max Crosby's been there for a while, and obviously Devontae Adams in here tight. So I think it'll be a sad locker room. And also, it, you know, they had tiny, tiny playoff chances, but they still had playoff chances, and those are I think out the window. So I think you kind of realize they might be gone before they even play on Sunday if the Dolphins win in the morning game. That's not a big deal. But if you're a player, you never want to really feel like you're you're not playing to win. I think they definitely. Are, I mean, if they were trying to win this game, they would be playing Derek Carr. So I think that's a small thing. But I think um, you know, be a lot of questions about like we've had, we have like we have about the future. What what does it mean for Derek? What does it mean for the quarterback? So I think there'll be a lot of questions. But clearly, it's it's a sign that, and the players all know this. It's it's a new regime, and this year was an evaluation year. All these guys are being evaluated. The guys who were you know on the roster last year, guys who came in, they signed a lot of guys, and the rookies is all. This was really an evaluation year, and so now the first one has really come down. The first big one has come down, so they, they can kind of feel that and and realize that um, you know it's it's wide open uh, in terms of the future and, and the roster spots. Yeah, I think like particularly for somebody like. Devontae Adams um, and others on the team who've known Carr for a while and especially guys who were on the team last year and went through everything that they went through together. Like, it's just not not going to be happy about this, obviously. Like, they're going to be upset. And whatever they're saying about seeing what Jared Stidham has, like, if you're starting Jared Stidham, you're not trying to win football games. So, like, just wave the white flag basically on the rest of the season while you still have... You know, I know it's small, but you technically I haven't been eliminated from the playoffs yet. It doesn't send a, a great message, and I, I don't think the, the guys are going to be all that thrilled about it. And I'm interested to see, like, like football guys, like, effort has to be there because it's just you're going to get hurt if you don't and, and things of that nature. But Daniel said today that it's not going to be a situation where they just bench everybody, like it's the preseason or something. Like, they're still going to play pretty much everybody else that isn't injured from the sounds of it. But like the guys, like how 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 can you really get yourself up to like really give a fuck? Like 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 you like 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 you just benched our starting quarterback, 
Like, we already don't have much of a chance anyway. You're basically saying we're trying to lose. Like, like that's pretty much what they did. And it's, I mean, I don't know. Like, the 49ers might might drop 50 on them or something this week. This, it's, I feel like it's going to be a pretty ugly effort out there. Yeah, the players are always trying to play for the film. They want to show that they still are good players in terms of you know, getting a spot next year on a team if they're free agents or whatever the case may be. So, uh, once and and like you said, you you have that thing where you know if you don't try your best, you might get hurt. So you really got to like kind of tune that all out and kind of just give it your all and hope you make an impression. If not on this regime, on a regime somewhere else, hey, that guy that guy can play and maybe we'll bring him in next year. So as a player, it's always uh, business side becomes real and you realize uh, you know the whole team thing that kind of fades away pretty quick. And at some point, it's about playing for yourself and for your future and for your family. You guys see what happened to the Broncos? They gave up. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't bother watching that game. <laughs> they gave up in that game. For the for the young guys, I think that that plays a big factor for the younger guys and then some of the guys who are going in unrestricted free agency. But like for the guys that like have already gotten the bag or probably know they ain't coming back anyway, like a Clee Farrell or something like that. Not to you know, shout him out specifically, but like you know, or or Josh Jacobs, who's a running back who's about to hit free agency and ain't trying to fuck his bag up, like. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a mixed bag a little bit coming off of this. Not that it. I mean, you know, they're, they're probably gonna lose anyway. Like regardless of whether they were going all out or not, because it's the 49ers and the Chiefs. It's hard to predict how guys are gonna react. I think this, as far as the Broncos go, I think they knew their coach was a dead man walking, so that probably changes a little bit. And then and Josh Jacobs. I haven't talked to him this week, but he might really want to go for the rushing title. I, I could see that being something he wants to do. So that would be a, a big question for him. But you're right. Every guy is different. Every guy, how they react and what they're playing for is different. But um, the bottom line is you're trying to be professional. So we'll see um, if they can have a professional effort. Do you think a decision like this will affect um, Josh Jacobs' decision on whether he wants to sign with the Raiders or not? And maybe do you think there's a, even a small possibility that Devontae Adams, you know, demands a trade? I mean, he kind of came here for Carr. And, you know, to seeing how they treated him, he must not be too happy about that yeah i think with jacobs he's gonna go where the money is regardless i kind of always felt that way especially as a running back like who's giving me if he if they don't franchise tag him and he's allowed to, to try to open market like who's giving me the years who's giving me the guaranteed dollars like whether car is there or whoever's there like I, I think as a running back that's just gonna be your mentality like i never saw him taking some kind of hometown discount or something like that to come back but with adams thing is like he's i mean he signed his extension like what is he really gonna like is he gonna demand a trade like, who's going to trade for that contract, really, you know? Um, He's pretty fucking good. Right. He is, but, like, at a certain point, you had, like, that's, like, $30 million a year for, like, an aging Like, he's going to start. I don't, I don't know. I, like, like, I, I ain't don't, calling him an aging. Uh, you you going to call Devontae Adams an aging no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, like, if it, it, he's going to be making, like, 30-something million at, like, 33 years old. Like, I'm just saying how teams usually go about that kind of a situation. Usually they don't. They trade for a guy to give him, you know, a contract or something like that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it'd be a kind of a funky situation if he were to like try to force a trade. Like, I don't think that, that they really have to listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, he'd probably be pissed off. But, you know, they traded a lot of assets for him. They spent a lot of money already on, this, on you know, giving him guaranteed dollars. Like, I don't know. Like, unless he's going to retire, too. <laughs> I don't really know what, how he's going to get out get out of the Raiders situation. Um, and it, I think it also just depends, like, who the other quarterback would be. Like, like we said, like, if it's Tom Brady... If they somehow imagine, you know, get Aaron Rodgers or something like that, or they if they do trade up and get like a highly touted like Ricky Stud or something like that, I, I think you know his reaction would be different if it's like Jacoby Brissett or something like that, you know. And so I think it kind of depends like who is it. 
that that you bring in here to replace you know his guy you know Derek Carr I know he I know Derek Carr has a lot of best friends but one of his best friends how do they go about this who is it and and what's the overall plan um, moving forward to try to correct you know this this losing that they've been doing as of late. Yeah, Devontae, he grew up a Raider fan. I think um, coming here, I think, was as much about getting closer to the West Coast and his family as it was about Derek Carr. I think he'll be fine. I think, um, especially like we talked about Monday, if, if Derek Carr goes to a team, has a fresh start, and he's happy where he is, I think that will definitely uh, lend itself to Devontae having you know no huge issues with this. I'm, I'm clearly, I'm sure he's not happy today. I'm sure he's upset and, and sad, but I think it all depends where, where Derek ends up. I think he's... I think he's a Raider first and a Derek Carr friend second. Yeah, we can joke about the whole like evaluating Jared Stidham thing, but um, you know, assuming he's he's healthy and good to go these last two games, I mean, I think the guy that you would like to see them evaluate is Zamir White. He has not had more than three carries in a game all season, which basically just completely shits on the fact that we were asking before the season who would have more carries between Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. But um, and I know Josh McDaniels was asked about him today and, you know, kind of said, oh, well, we, we, we already know we like the player and all that, but it, it would be nice to to see him evaluate, you know, just see just a little bit more of him. And, you know, Vic, you mentioned like, OK, how, how much does Jacobs want to go for the rushing title? I mean, he's got a decent enough lead there that he could probably you know, go 10 to 15 carries a game the next two games and they could give White 10 carries a game the next two games and, uh, and you know, Jacobs could probably still hold on for that rushing title. Yeah, that would be the ideal scenario. That he gets his title and, and Zemir gets some gets some burn. I think you would definitely want to see Zemir. I haven't seen much of him this year, but um, just based on what happened, you know, before the year, when not giving Jacobs his extension, drafting a running back who they were really high on, I think definitely that, that kind of leads you to think that Zamir White might be their guy going forward. So um, it'd be good to see what, what he can do. All right. It's prediction time. Who is going out? <laughs> what are we doing this for? Why? For what? For who? Who, who, is, who is going for the fighting Jared Stidhams? Well, let's see if Jimmy's going to break his pattern this, this week. <laughs> let's see if Jimmy's going to break his pattern of uh, picking against all of us no, this week. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that's no, that's no, with the real, no, the real heat on. No. I'll go first, then. Yeah. 34 to 10. How about yeah. we say, do they cover? Do, hey, 34 they 10 who? No. Who? 34 10 who? 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 49ers. Uh, what's, yeah, the spread is up. Is last last I checked, 9.5. It's been shooting up. They do not cover that spread. I'm going 34 10 Niners. Um, Kyle Shanahan did lob a nice compliment at Max Crosby today. Called him the second best defensive player in the, uh, the league this season. Uh, obviously putting him behind uh, uh, Nick Bosa, who was probably the uh, defensive player of the year uh, in the league. But uh, he, he called Max Crosby the uh, the second best defensive player in the league. But um, yeah, that's that's not going to make a difference. Niners, 34-10. Um, that would probably be a game that you wouldn't even consider ugly. It, it, it could get uglier than that. Yeah, I'll go 49ers, 34, Raiders, 7. I don't really see them being able to do anything um, against this, Raider, this 49ers defense with... Uh, it's going to be rough anyway, um, but with Jared Siddham, like, no, they're not going to be able to have much success. And 49ers offense, while they do have, you know, a third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy, like, they're obviously still very awesome. They have, like, all the talent you could ever expect. And I don't, I don't know if Depot Samuel's coming back this week or not, but I think he, he could, right? Um, yeah, he's, so, he's supposed to work out today, I think, could return to practice on Thursday. I yeah, mean, so I if, think if, they, I'm, if they, I'm the Niners, why? Like, why? Yeah, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't play them, but they probably don't need them either. Either to put up big points against this defense, like it's especially without Chandler Jones and Denzel Perriman out there. Like this is this is there's really not much point of watching this game if you're a Raiders fan. But yeah, they're they're getting blown out. I'm gonna say uh, 
42 to 6. <laughs> wow. 42 to 6. What, are they going to stop them in the red zone and force Good a field goal? Lord. I mean, it's going mostly for nice fans. That's my, my, I think that based on looking at the ticket markets, and obviously this won't help who goes this game now after Carr gets demoted, but I think it'll be mostly uh, 49er fans. Raider fans, make your money. Make your money. Sell your tickets. Make make your money. Enjoy your enjoy New Year's Eve. Don't have to worry about getting up the next day and, and going to a football game. Make your money. Yeah, I think it could get ugly. So I'm going to go, uh, I can't pick a tie this week, I guess. So I'll go uh, 31 to 13 uh, Niners. 42-6 would be... Uh, yeah, I guess it's possible, but um, yeah, I mean, like we said, we wanted them what three weeks ago. We wanted them to go to lose most of their games down the stretch, and that's the, what they're going to do. They're going to go one and three, I think, down the stretch, which was pretty good for what we said as far as maintaining your top ten draft pick. So they've succeeded. Success for the Raiders uh, in in matching, and that's one one goal at least. Watch Jared Stidham's going to win these last two games for them and just totally screw everything up. Then he's the quarterback of the future. He's the quarterback of the future. Get some false hope that he's the, the QB in the future, yeah. He didn't look bad in the preseason. <laughs> I'll give him that. I've seen worse. You what? You, you, you rooting for some... Uh... I'm adding a field goal. I'm adding a field goal to my pick. 31-16 now. Stidham is getting me fired up. I think Vic, Vic's big thing in these last two weeks, he wants to see Chase Garbers get some mop-up duty. Get, 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 get. This may be Chase Garbers' only chance to get into an NFL game in these next two weeks. Let's get Chase Garbers into an NFL game in the next two weeks. Give him a, at least a kneel down or something at the end of the game. Yeah, you got to put him in there. Give give Vic some entertainment, man. That's his, that's his guy. That's, that's... that's not my guy. If he plays against the 49ers defense, you will see some epic stuff. Stuff that will be memorable in the disgraceful highlights of football. He's uh, He's not the guy. We're gonna come back to that after he uh, after he scrambles for a thirty five yard touchdown. Can't be worse than my Zamir White gets more carries than uh, Josh Jacobs' prediction <laughs> this year. If Jared Stidham beats the Niners, what what, what is Vic gonna sing? Got... I think Ted should sing. <laughs> no, we're not I'm doing this thing. I ain't singing shit. Ted's the one who picked the largest blowout. He went forty two to six. So I think yeah. I think Ted right, right, right. Right. Ted has to sing. I'll, I'll sing something. If... Nah, Ted. Ted got to eat some some well done oh, steak. That's oh what you God, I don't know which one's worse. Gotta, yeah, there you go. Well done steak. <laughs> gotta, gotta get some well done steak. That's what you gotta do. I agree. That's a good call. And Tashan's gonna eat some beef tartar. Nah, there you go. That's good. That's good. That's a, if, not, if the Raiders win, you guys have a reverse meat eating competition. Oh my God! Well done oh, and rare. Wait. Oh, that cannot I run. Like it. That cannot run. That, 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 that's going in the quotes of the year. No. God damn it, Vic! I tell you what, man. These last two minutes of the podcast are always good. good. That's why you make sure things. You, you always take it too far. The end of the nugget. You always you always That's jump off the cliff at the end of the, the, the end of the podcast. Oh, you gotta oh. reward the listeners, man. You gotta reward the listeners for staying on for the whole. What time. One of these days, we're gonna have to cancel the podcast. We're just gonna tell Brian to do a best of, and it's just gonna be best of from the last like two three minutes of every podcast. That's the golden period, man. That's the golden golden time. All right, everybody, we will end on that note, and we'll be back on Sunday in the new year. Everybody have a happy, safe new year, of course, uh, on Saturday, and um, we'll be back on Sunday after the Raiders take on the San Francisco 49ers. Get ready for the feast. (laughs) Happy New Year. Later, guys. (laughs) Uh, That's good stuff.